Hello and welcome to the Think MHK podcast presented by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. On this podcast, you will hear about a variety of local matters pertaining to the business community. You also hear from local business owners to hear their story and gain valuable business insights. Thanks for tuning in today. With us today is Lucy Williams with The Trust Company. Hey, Lucy, how are you? I'm doing fine, Jason. How are you? I am great. So a couple of firsts on this one. First of all, this is our first segment uh, to do via Zoom. So um, thanks, Dave, our producer, for being technologically savvy enough to pull this off. So we appreciate you doing that. Second one is I'm doing this one solo. So normally we have a co-host, but I am, I'm going to be handling this one by myself. And the third one, this is the first time I've interviewed anybody who's actually been a boss of both myself and my wife. So currently you are, <laughs> I think some people know, not everybody, you are also my wife's boss. So it's, I will be doubly nice to you, Lucy, as we move forward with with this podcast. She, so. She's she's an easy one to be a boss of. <laughs> and well, she and she knows how to boss me. So uh, that's she's a good boss as well. So I guess yes. that's how that works. So thank you for being with us today, Lucy. I know you're we'll talk a little bit about kind of your pulling double duty right now. But uh, let's just start with talking about yourself and, and how you ended up in Manhattan. Well, uh, you know, as most people know, I'm a native Pennsylvanian. I was born and raised in Pittsburgh and went off to Penn State to get my undergraduate degree. And there I met a boy. And uh, that boy went off to Michigan State to graduate school. We got married and he accepted a position at, at K-State. So here I, here I went. <laughs> so that's how I landed. So even though... A lot of people end up in Manhattan because they go to K-State. You ended up in Manhattan because you had a spouse who went to work for K-State. That's exactly right. Yes. So we're able to help you celebrate uh, over the coming months your retirement from the trust company, which is where you've been for a while, but uh, and you've had a long, distinguished career. So talk about your professional career in Manhattan. Uh, you know, it started in 1980 when we moved to Manhattan. Um, I went to work for Union National Bank, uh, which was a locally owned bank by the Stolzer family. Worked there for 24 years. Uh, it became Commerce Bank. Um, along that 24-year spectrum. They came to me and asked me if I would do a trial run in the trust department for three months. And here I am. It stuck. I enjoyed it. You know, after 24 years of working for Commerce Bank, I got an offer from uh, the trust company and I jumped at the chance. They were, again, a locally owned a trust company in Manhattan with a stellar reputation and went to work there. And I've been there for 17 years and it's been a great ride. So we hear a lot about trust banking in a, in a brief segment, talk about exactly what a trust officer does. A trust officer does quite a bit. Um, we manage assets. Uh, we, you know, we work for individuals. We work for individuals who have trust. We work for couples and companies we do anything from investment management, financial planning, uh, retirement plans, estate planning. So our days are different every single day. So we, as I said, we manage assets, we help with financial planning, and you know we we go through the estate planning process with the clients. So you are working remotely from Arizona right now, and I know that had to be a tough decision for you to leave Manhattan, you and your husband. Uh, but one that was important to your family. So, but what were some of the emotions that you felt when 
it became apparent that this was going to be official? There are all sorts of feelings. I said it, it was really bittersweet. We, you know, we lived in Manhattan for 40 years and raised our family. Uh, both Jeff and I had great careers in Manhattan. We have deep relationships with, with friends and, you know, we were just entrenched in the community. And uh, so was that hard um, to make that decision to leave that? Absolutely. Um, but again, we're excited about this next phase of, you know, moving to Arizona, being closer to family. Uh, it was important for us to be involved in our grandchildren's lives um, and not just remotely. So um, it's exciting from that standpoint. How many grandchildren do you have? We have three granddaughters. Two of them are here in Phoenix. Uh, one is in Florida. So we've made that commitment to, you know, travel to Florida and stay there and, and be involved as well. I got you. So I have two granddaughters and one new granddaughter in March. And then, mm-hmm. then we've just found out we're getting another grandchild in June. So, uh, yes. they, they are a lot of fun. And I, I, uh, I am very jealous of you getting to be close to your grandkids cause I'm not. So congratulations for that. Last February, you were named as the C. Clyde Jones Volunteer of the Year. What was your first reaction? It's a little bit different this year because normally those are, those things are done as a surprise at the event this year because mm-hmm. of COVID protocols and those kind of things. We let people know ahead of time. But talk about your reaction when you found out that you won. Oh, well, the initial one was absolute shock. <laughs> um, but uh, once the shock, I was just blown away by the honor um, to receive the C. Clyde Jones Award. Um, it meant a, a lot to me. Uh, it was very humbling. What do you think makes Manhattan a special place to live and raise a family? As uh, cliched as this may may sound, it's it's definitely the people. Um, you know, getting connected to people. It's a welcoming community. Um, having just moved to a new community, I can tell you that you know every business that you go into in Manhattan, people are glad to see you. Um, it's easy to get involved in the community and, and feel like a part. It's it's small enough to get connected with your children's school and their activities. And people in Manhattan care about our community and seeing it grow. So that it, it's just special that way. So you've been engaged with the chamber for a number of years and you're one of the um, unique individuals. There, there are a few who have done this who have served multiple roles over the years, including at one point you were chair of the chamber. So why has being engaged uh, with the Manhattan Area Chamber been important to you through your career? It's important because of the advocacy of the chamber and and how the chamber represents businesses, small business up to large businesses. The chamber is the best advocate for businesses. and And if we don't have good, strong businesses, this community doesn't grow. So it's important for businesses to have a voice to advance all aspects of running a business and owning a business. And I can't think of a better better organization than the chamber to do that. So along those lines, you took on the challenge along with Lisa Sisley and and, and a couple others of reimagining our advocacy efforts and uh, created the Business Advocacy Committee and and then served for chair of that committee for two years. I know you ta- touched a little bit on the advocacy part and why it's important, but maybe go a little more in depth into that. Why why was restructuring that committee important and, and why is the chamber being engaged in that uh, such a 
a, a critical part of, of this community's growth? The, the businesses in Manhattan need a voice. There is a lot going on in this world, you know, politically and economically, and it touches every single person in Manhattan. The chamber gets involved in all sorts of issues. Um, that are important to the community as a whole. You know, I liked the BAC because we got involved in actual issues. We brought community members in to go in depth into what was going on, whether it be a, a bond issue for the school or the community or the city um, thinking about some new initiative that they wanted to um, talk about. That committee, um, when we restructured it, it became smaller, it, it became nimble, so that we were able to get our arms around issues and form an opinion. And we didn't always agree, but I'll tell you what, that committee was, it still is, is totally involved and committed to doing the best possible work for the me- member businesses. And, you know, at the, at the end of the day, what's important for the BAC is that we represent chamber members, um, those businesses who um, are the ones we advocate for. And we talk a lot about it at the organization, but the one thing that binds all businesses together is that growth is good. And whether you need more customers, whether you need more employees, um, it's at the end of the day, nearly every business, and I'm struggling to think of one, maybe there might be an exception and can't think of one, but nearly every business is aided and and helped if the community grows. Absolutely. I mean, if we don't grow, we're stagnant and we don't, we don't go anywhere. Um, it means that we're vital, that we've got energy, um, that we're responsive to our citizens' needs. Absolutely. If, if we don't welcome new businesses into this town or help current businesses grow and prosper and get the best possible employees, then we lose our energy and it's vitally important for us. You know, we've got a university as a major partner in our community. Um, it's important for them that they've got a strong community surrounding them to attract the best and brightest students and faculty and staff. We've got Fort Riley down the road. Again, critical for the fort to have a strong community partner in Manhattan. And subsequently, when businesses grow, they they hire people and that improves the quality of life of all of the citizens. So, it's really important, and you know, we we hear sometimes people say, "Well, I don't, I haven't joined the chambers. I just don't have time to to go to something, or I don't have time to do this." And you know, I've argued sometimes you should join the chamber because you don't have the time. You don't have the time to sit at a city commission meeting and and argue for a growth initiative, or or go to Topeka and fight against some unnecessary regulation on business. I mean, that's the reason you should join the chamber. That, that is exactly right. The chamber does it well, and they do it for the business community. Um, I've seen it in action where you may not have time as a business owner to get involved in all those activities. Let the chamber do it for you and be your voice in Topeka, in Washington. You know, when we interact with the county and the city and the school board, we're a great voice for businesses. It's it's nice to be able to go to um, some of the events of the chamber because they're stellar events and you do get a lot out of them, but it's certainly not a requirement. If I'm doing my math right, uh, 41 years ago, you broke into Manhattan as a then young professional, uh, mm-hmm. which young professionals is a big focus of ours now. So if you had one piece of advice 
for a, a Manhattan young professional who is just breaking into the, the Manhattan business community, what would it be? Um, a couple of things. And as, as many people know, the trust company is growing and we've hired a lot of young professionals over the last couple of years. And what I tell them and what I would tell any young professional is get involved, find your passion and get involved. You know, don't just join a, a committee or an organization just to put something on your resume. That doesn't do much good for anybody. Find something that interests you and get involved. Find your voice and, you know, be an active participant in moving the needle forward. That's great advice. Lucy, thank you so much for not just being with us today, but for all of your leadership at the Chamber over the years um, and for your mentorship to me over the last three. And, and I appreciate that. We are sad to see that, that you are leaving, but as I mentioned earlier, I understand why you would do that. And I'm jealous that you get to spend so much time with your grandbabies. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you all. Um, Manhattan's been very good to us and, and I'll be back. I'll, I'll come for visits. I promise. Well, we will look forward to that. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. The Think MHK podcast is brought to you by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. Don't forget to subscribe and like the Think MHK podcast on your preferred podcast provider, and you will never risk missing an episode. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. To find out more about today's topic or other chamber activities, please go to manhattan.org. And now back to today's show. Welcome back to the Think MHK podcast recorded at the Ad Astracast Studios. With me is my co-host for this segment is Sharla Meisenheimer. Hey, Sharla. Hey, Jason. How are you? I'm good. You want to introduce our guest? I'm thrilled to introduce our guest. We have with us today Jim Gordon um, with Seton Gordon Associates. Hi, Jim. Hello. Jim, it's great to have you with us. I'm glad to be here. It's uh, great to, to be in the community and delighted uh, with the chamber. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How, how did you end up in Manhattan? I was a 4-H'er as a, as a young Southeast Kansas uh, youth and uh, always wanted to come to K-State, got to come to K-State events uh, through 4-H and uh, just that was always my goal for college was to come to Kansas State. And then after I graduated, I uh, had the opportunity to come back to Kansas State as, uh, as an accountant uh, with St. Gordon and Associates and uh, was really thrilled to accept that. And I've been here for over 40 years. So what's your hometown? Fort Scott, Southeast Kansas. All right. Well, but you've been in Manhattan since you came to K-State then? Uh, came to K-State in 1975 and then came back to work here oh. full-time in 1980. Okay. So most of your adult life. Yes. Um, so talk about St. Gordon. You mentioned it a minute ago, but talk about St. Gordon and what your role is with the company. St. Gordon was founded 75 years ago in 1946. A former IRS agent actually uh, left the IRS and became an accountant here in Manhattan. Uh, Roger Sink actually joined while he was a student. He uh, became a member of the firm in 1955. Uh, and then after he graduated, had the opportunity to stay here. He'll soon be celebrating another anniversary of a uh, uh, longevity uh, with one accounting firm. With the opportunity to come back, I started out as a tax manager and then uh, moved up to a partner in the late 1980s. And uh, now Roger and I are the, uh, the co-principals of the firm and uh, really uh, appreciate everything that Manhattan has to offer. So so you mentioned Roger Sink. He's another longtime chamber member and former chair of the chamber. Right. And so he is wrapping up over 65 years as a member of the firm. Roger was the first chair from our firm, and then Glenn Gilmore, one of our other partners, was the chair. 
And then I was the third chair uh, from the St. Gordon firm. And I think that was a record until Matt Crocker tied the record the next year when he uh, was the third member from Steel and Pipe that became chair. So we just recognized St. Gordon for 75 years of being in business. Uh, what is the secret to being in business for that long? One of the things we've always tried to do, uh, we tell our prospective clients, we're going to do the math and we're going to do it right. We're going to do all the required forms, but we're going to do more than math. We're going to really look at tax saving opportunities, uh, tax planning opportunities and financial opportunities that you can really take advantage of uh, financially to help your business. Uh, the pandemic was a prime example. Uh, free of charge, we reached out to thousands of our customers to try to make sure they were aware of and taking advantage of some of those uh, programs. And it wasn't just because we felt an obligation to the community to do that, because if the, our small business clients don't survive, we don't survive. And so just felt like that was something that, that uh, uh, we did as a service, but also to help the entire area. What was the original name of the company? Dale Van Valkenburg was the original founder. Uh, we probably have a little different relationship with the IRS because he was an IRS agent. We've always felt like they have a job to do and, and we're not trying to be con confrontational with them when we talk to them, but we're all working to collect the correct amount of tax. And, and we may argue with them from time to time on what the correct amount is. But uh, that's uh, how it started. And then it became Van Valkenburg, Yanning and Sink. And then after that, uh, uh, Mr. Van Valkenburg passed away and Roger took over. And then Glenn Gilmore came to the firm and it was Sink and Gilmore. And then Sink, Gilmore and Gordon and now Sink, Sink and Gordon. And then we actually have 11 partners. So, But at some point you stop adding names to the partners and just say and associates. So it's St. Gordon and Associates. Well, much like you, I, I uh, argue with the IRS about how much tax I owe as well, but I never win those arguments. <laughs> you have to have the details behind your argument. Jim, you are not only a locally owned business, but you assist, like you mentioned, a number of locally owned businesses. Why is Manhattan such a great place to, for businesses to grow and entrepreneurs? One of the things I've loved about Manhattan, I was excited to come back to Manhattan, is the youthfulness of the community. And anytime you have a youthful community, you have more entrepreneurs just just logically, because those people are the people coming up and, and getting that entrepreneurship bug that they want to start their own business and do something. And so just uh, because of the college town, because of the military town uh, aspects, it, it just is a good area for those small businesses to, to start and grow. So if you had one piece of advice, just one. For someone who's wanting to start a business, what would it be? Uh, the customer's always right. That doesn't mean that every person should be your customer, but if they're going to be your customer, then they are always right. That is a terrific piece of advice. In your opinion, you've talked about it quite a bit already, but what makes Manhattan such a special place for you and your family? It's a combination of things. It's it's the the community, the university, the access to a really beautiful part of Kansas. Uh, we live out in the country northeast of town, have 160 acres, and just love that aspect of a community where it's easy to get out a few miles and, and have a small farm and enjoy uh, that aspect of it. I sometimes call it tractor therapy. So uh, anything, yeah, anything you can do there. But uh, just that whole combination, uh, because of, of K-State, we have access to to amazing sports and entertainment mm -hmm. options that you don't have in almost any other city in the state uh, outside of the Kansas City or Wichita areas. Uh, 
And so it just is, is just something that uh, it's a unique community, but it's it, you know, one of the things I'm proud of is that Manhattan has been ranked as one of the best small cities in the country. And I think it's because of those same qualities that we get that type of ranking. So we talked a minute ago about your stint as chair of the chamber, which was 2017. Why has being engaged in the chamber been important to you? And, and, and quite frankly, why is it important to St. Gordon? Part of it is giving back to the community. I've always believed in, 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 a, in a citizenship component to our lives, that as an individual, you have to give back. If you're gonna be a, a member of society, uh, you just can't take. You have to, to be on the other side of the fence. But part of it is, if it's good for the community, it's also good for business. Uh, being active in the in the chamber allows the community to grow. Uh, some of the things that we've done to help that uh, over the years has had a direct impact on our business and our business growth. So it, it, it works both ways from that standpoint. So how has the chamber changed since you've been involved uh, in the organization? Because Roger and Glenn were chairs early on, I wasn't as involved up until about uh, probably 10 or 15 years ago when I really started becoming more involved. In that amount of time, I think uh, the chamber has developed some really innovative programs. Uh, the, the young professionals group is, is the one that probably affects our firm the most. Getting our young people involved in the community and working in the community is really important uh, uh, to us, not only because it serves the community, but it also spreads the word about the people that we have and, and the abilities of those people. One of the things that people don't realize is that when you commit to being the chairman of the chamber, you're actually committing to a five-year commitment to, to the leadership team on the executive committee. So you spent five years on the executive committee. What was one or two of your uh, favorite accomplishments of the chamber during that period? Uh, during that period, uh, we started the inner city visits, which I think has been a tremendous help in seeing how other cities our size and other university towns uh, handle chamber and economic development activities, uh, how the city works together with the chamber in some cases. And we brought those ideas back uh, to Manhattan and have some concrete examples of things we've uh, brought back that have helped Manhattan uh, in a, different ways. But also uh, the Greater Manhattan Economic Development Partnership with Pottawatomie County is probably the, the major accomplishment. We've been working regionally in the area trying to get together uh, our other county partners uh, along with Raleigh County and the City of Manhattan uh, to work together cooperatively. And that came together uh, and I think is is going to continue to reap benefits for the community. And I'm really proud of that as a something that we did as while I was on the executive board. And GMEP has been instrumental in our current efforts to attract more potential investors in the community. And so thank you for doing that. That's been a tremendous success. And because those regional partnerships aren't easy. It's not easy. And, and one of the things we learned, it, it you can't force somebody to do that. It has to be something that, that works together. It has to be a win-win. And the other side has to want to do it. And so we've got great partnerships with uh, Riley County, City of Manhattan, the Manhattan Chamber, the Walmigo Chamber, the Pottawatomie County Economic Development Corporation, Pottawatomie County. It's really working well, and, and I couldn't be prouder of that organization. That's the easy part. Now the hard part. So every time we do a business spotlight, we we have a rapid fire question segment where we ask personal questions about you and, and some of your favorite things. I can hardly wait. 
Well, first of all, before I start that, I do want to say that Jim was my first board chair. So I want to publicly say thank you for the grace that you showed the new membership director uh, when I came on board. That was awesome. First question, something people often find surprising about you. Uh, I'm an amateur photographer, and I actually judge photography at county fairs, uh, up to four or five county fairs per year. What are three things you can't live without? Uh, Family, uh, my wife, Deb, my three kids, our four grandsons. K-State sports and uh, and the Kansas outdoors. Best piece of advice you ever received? If you make a mistake, admit it. Don't try to cover it up. Uh, if you make a mistake, go ahead and, and say, you know, I didn't do that correctly or I should have done a better job. And and that will build trust and, and help you more in the long run. What is your guilty pleasure? Fried chicken. Oh, what is your favorite holiday? <laughs> April 16th. <laughs> as a as a wife of a CPA, I get that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So so, uh, so one of the things that reminds me of that when when I ask people what their favorite job is or favorite volunteer position is at the chamber, overwhelmingly it's past chair. So it's a very similar. The, the year after is the being chair is the best point that they're. I have that position now. It's a good position. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, that would be chocolate almond. Ooh, favorite pet. Our Border Collie, Xavier. Best childhood memory? Uh, probably being in 4-H, growing up with all the 4-H projects and the, uh, and the activities we did there. It really helped uh, me develop uh, in a lot of ways. Biggest lesson you learned from the pandemic? We are all in this together. He was the first person that comes to mind when you hear the words successful business person, and why? Uh, probably Warren Buffett. Uh, Warren Buffett is a great investor, makes great deals, but he always buys quality companies. He doesn't buy something that's not quality. And he's a great role model for charitable giving and philanthropy. One of the things that Warren Buffett always said is invest in things you know, which I've always thought was great advice. That exactly. Trying to speculate with a company and you don't even know what they do seems silly. Uh, I think Warren Buffett is is a great example of, of a successful business person. Well, Jim, thank you so much for being with us today. I know I've said this publicly when I introduced you before that you were instrumental um, on the committee that hired me uh, when Lyle retired. And, and I certainly appreciate your confidence and that committee's confidence in, in allowing me to be here. Uh, I appreciate your continued involvement because you certainly don't have to do that. You gave your time, but but you continue to be involved and give back to us. And, and we appreciate that. But thank you for giving us your time and being here today. You bet. And, and one thing I think the chamber is doing a better job of is trying to keep the past chairs active, having them continue to work on committees and such, because I think sometimes they, they like the job of past chair, but they're not ready to be totally uh, retired from that, and, and they're not retired from the community. So I, I appreciate the opportunity to continue to serve the chamber. Well, we can always find things for you to do, Jim. So Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Think MHK, a podcast produced by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. If you enjoyed the Think MHK podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and share it out on your social media channels. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce.